Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in once again to the voice of Camp Nathaniel. I'm Stephen Bell, and with me, as always, Lee Sharp. How you doing? We always start off the same same in the episodes. I ask you how you're doing. doing. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I, I mean, that's not to say I didn't want you to ask me how I was doing, but but hey, we just got done celebrating Resurrection Sunday, man. Which was we, awesome. It was awesome, absolutely. April the 9th, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and now we figured, you know what, you know what we need to do this month. Uh, we need to take some time to uh, to discuss how significant that is. Obviously, not just to uh, us here at camp, but just to to Christians in general. And to uh, and to kind of take that and have a discussion based on that the world over, isn't yeah? I mean, yeah, all, the whole world was celebrating. It was man. Well, part of us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into all of that. Hey, um, you know, yeah, we Lee and I were discussing. We 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 don't have a guest in here with us this week, and we were discussing the need to really kind of hone in and focus on. You know, we we talk about camp all the time. We talk about stuff going on here at camp, but. But we also need to talk about what it is that that camp believes. You know how mm-hmm. how can people from you know you got almost thirty some people on staff. Yep. And we come. We're not all Southern Baptist. We're not all Bible Church. We're we're not all that. We we've got a bunch of denominations that have come mm-hmm. together, and we're actually functioning as a unit. I know. That for some people <laughs> it's, right it's now, your mind is exploding um, <laughs> because we don't all go to the same church. No, man. We, we don't. don't. And that's and guess what. That's okay, and that that's good. Okay. That is okay. It's awesome. It really, really it's actually, is. It's it's not only just okay, it's good. Like, it's really, really good. The idea that people from different denominations, which is just, if you're curious what a denomination is, it's just different kinds of churches, right. can get together and work together and function and be the body of Christ and help and serve and proclaim the gospel and do all of that together, that's... That that pretty much sums up our, our staff here, man. That they they it, like like you said, a lot of different uh, denominational backgrounds, but all united under the cause of the gospel and the spread of the gospel throughout the ends of the earth. And uh, so we're excited. So about one that. of our one of our main ways that we, I guess you might think, well, then why are how do all these people get together? What do they all agree on and whatnot? Mm-hmm. We have a fancy document. You can actually find it on our website. Yep. Um, at campnathaniel.org. There is a. Uh, section on there that is a what we believe. Mm-hmm. And this is something that whenever somebody new comes on to staff here, this is... That's happened a lot lately. Which has happened a lot lately, <laughs> even with just us sitting in the room here. That's right, this that's is... Right. These, it is a what's called a doctrinal statement. Lee, what's a doctrinal statement? Doctrinal statement. Yeah. That is a fancy way of saying it is a... It's, it's what we believe. It is um, some sentences that uh, sum <laughs> up in in kind of short form yeah. a lot of very large theological which is just the study of god yep. um beliefs that you need to hold if you're going to come and work here um all of the churches that we partner with um and work with are also on the same page with us with these beliefs this is how we get connected and yeah, that that's what we're we're gonna chat about one of them today because yeah. this is something that even when the new people come in they sign this, but then as I discovered this past um, December, this is also something that every member of our mission we we have a we have a very official document that gets printed off with yep. all of these on it and every one of us signs it every single year. Yep, 
which is just, it's really cool because it's not just like, oh, well, the new guys are coming. We got to make sure that they do it. No, it is something that we recommit to. It is mm-hmm. something that we hold firmly that we need to be reminded of. And we, every year, at least once a well, at least once a year, I'm sure we just, <laughs> we discuss it other times of the year as well, because it plays into everything that we do. And if it, that's kind of our basis of operations there. So... So uh, that the fact that we've just passed through um, Easter Sunday, and everybody, uh, you know, we're we're about a about a week out now. We figured, you know, let's let's devote this first time that we get to sit down and just kind of throw back and forth our, what we what we believe as far as a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be a great time just to focus in on uh, the life of Christ. But and I say that because we're talking about the the end of the physical life of Christ, in meaning that we're going to talk about since we just got done celebrating his his death and resurrection and resurrection yeah so uh so yeah i mean heavy topics man heavy topics heavy topics want- considering our entire faith hinges on these things mm-hmm. so i'll go on i'm going to read the statement here I'll you read, read the statement I'll, I'll read from the, the doctor this is our straight out of our doctrinal statement if you go on our website you'll find the same thing so this is towards the middle of it there we're okay. we're, we're not starting at the beginning we're skipping around but that's okay. uh, right, right. That's yeah, okay. There's a lot of we'll eventually we we'll eventually get to all of them there, and we're only going to probably cover part of this here. Um, but this deals with the life of Jesus, and so in his sinless life and substitutionary death for sinners, his bodily resurrection and ascension, his present ministry of intercession, his personal coming for his church, and his visible and premillennial appearing on earth to bring his kingdom. Those are a lot of big words. Those are a lot of big <laughs> words. Absolutely. Um, so let let's let's talk first. Let's talk. You know, we've passed through Good Friday, mm-hmm. uh, Resurrection Sunday. On Good Friday, of course, we have the crucifixion, the death of Jesus, buried three days, rose on the third day. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the death of Christ first. Yep. So, Stephen, I'm going to go on and throw the question out here. Yep. Of what with the with Jesus dying on the cross, what does that, what does that do? What does that accomplish? What does that mean? Well, I, th- I think really we gotta, we've got to go back to the Old Testament and realize that, you know, when mankind sinned, you know, if, if we don't understand why Jesus died on the cross, then it makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can sing Amazing Grace and, and all this stuff all the time, and if we don't have a thorough understanding of why Jesus came to die, then then it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And so back in the garden, everything was great. Genesis 1, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. He created all things. He created man, placed them in the garden. Everything was very good, all right? He created, brought Eve out of Adam, brought, him, brought her to him, and he told them, be fruitful and multiply. Everything's good. And then all of a sudden, Genesis 3, something goes terribly wrong. And what goes wrong is that God had told Adam and Eve, you may eat of all the trees of the garden, but of this one tree you may not eat, that being the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so Satan, there as the serpent, tempts Eve. Eve sins, gives some to her husband who is with her. He sins, and now sin has entered into God's um, perfect creation. Mm -hmm. And what we see happen here in Genesis 3 just completely sets the stage for what's going to happen on Good Friday, what's going to happen mm-hmm. when Jesus goes to Calvary. Because we even have the first um, prophecy of what will happen in Genesis chapter 3, I believe verse 15, where it says mm-hmm. that um, talking to the judgment that he passes down upon the serpent, 
upon Satan. It says, you, I, I will put enmity between your, your seed and the woman's seed. You will, cru- you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And so we have, we have the first declaration that, that Jesus, who, who we know mm-hmm. that eventually becomes to be, that Jesus is the one who will battle with the serpent and crush his head. And that happens ultimately through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yep. Now, now, when we go to the Old Testament and we see yep. that from the time that man sinned, then God instituted through uh, through Moses that uh, we look at the Passover. Let's look at in, in Exodus where God is going to bring his people. He's going to deliver his people out of Egypt, and he's going to use Moses to do that, to lead them. But after all the plagues, he says, I want you to take a lamb, and I want you to take its blood. I want you to mm-hmm. put over the doorposts of your house so that when the angel of death comes, and you know where all the firstborn are going to die, they will see the blood and know that the lamb died so that you don't have to, and then mm-hmm. it would pass over you. So that's why when they celebrate Passover, they, they celebrate mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah. And, and you have Jesus at the time of his crucifixion is, is known as the Lamb of God, slain before the foundations mm-hmm. of the world. I mean, he's, 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 yeah. known, he's known like that for, the, forever. But The timing to throw in there with the Last Supper that mm-hmm. we celebrate before that, that that supper was Passover. Passover. They're celebrating he, Passover, and that is not by any accident at all. That's right. And 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 you can even go all the way back again to the garden. That when after after Adam and Eve sinned, what did God do? What did He do to cover their shame? What did He do to cover their nakedness? He shed the blood of an animal. So so from the very moment that sin entered the world, sin had to be dealt with through the shedding of blood. There had to be a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so there had to be bloodshed. He shed the blood of an animal. He covered their nakedness. He covered their shame. So, so we see this. We see this shedding of blood. We see this mm-hmm. dying as the price for sin. Mm-hmm. You know, For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. Because we've sinned, we're going to die. And because we've sinned, this is why Jesus came to die for us, mm-hmm. so that he could take upon himself. And, and, and this bears with it huge, huge significance here when we're talking about what Jesus did on the cross. And I, I know we're going to mm-hmm. talk more about resurrection. We, we could spend so many episodes talking about all of this. But, there, but there's a big theological term here, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's the word propitiation. And, and what propitiation means is that on the cross, what Jesus did on, in that moment, on the cross, he took upon himself, first of all, our sin was imputed to him, mm-hmm. but he took upon himself the entire wrath of God toward you as a sinner, toward me as a sinner. He absorbed the wrath of God. He, he, I've heard someone say he drank every last drop, and then he turned the cup over, slammed it down, and said, it is finished. And so he mm. absorbed the wrath of God that was justly that that we were deserving of. Mm-hmm. He he took that upon himself and when he did that absorbing the wrath of God toward our sin he is the one who paid the price. He the paid the penalty. He he got the the, the justice of God was was upheld. And Wrath had to be carried out upon sin. Jesus did yeah. it all. He did it all for us. So, and that sounds really kind of 
I don't know. In, in some sense, I, I know I'm sure a few of our listeners and as you're listening in and whatnot, you might think, oh, that sounds really, really brutal or really, really dark. And what's with all this blood and death mm-hmm. and all of these different things? I think sometimes we don't realize that, guys, this is this is what we bring into the world. Yeah. When we when we sin and we disobey, we bring death and destruction and bloodshed. And this is when when you let humanity just do what it wants to do, this is this is what we this is what we this yeah, is the this product is what we bring to the this table. Is, this right. is the product. This is what it, we produce and whatnot. Um, and so, in order to cover for all of that, um, something something's got to make the sacrifice, which is where Christ steps in and becomes that sacrifice, that that lamb, that that one that stands in the place of. Making substitutionary of, of, of atonement what, of yeah, what just, we what we rightfully did and brought into the all that wrath that that God's got there it's directed towards all of the things that humanity has that we bring you know I know I know this isn't the the key point of discussion but you know I talked about how when when we have to understand um, what did the death of Jesus accomplish we, we have to go back to the Old Testament because it begins with it begins in the mm-hmm. garden but. But all through the Old Testament, I've grown to love the Old Testament so much because the entire Old Testament, event after event after event, person after person after person, they're all painting this beautiful picture of the gospel leading mm-hmm. up to it. You, I mean, from the from the things like um, Isaac uh, to Mephibosheth to King David, so many mm-hmm. instances where we see the gospel kind of being played out before the gospel ever mm-hmm. ever happened, you know. Um God God's plan of redemption doesn't begin with Jesus. It it, it started all the way back, you know, b- before time began itself. At the very beginning. So, so 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 Lee, I'm going to throw this back over to you now, man. All right. All right. Um the death of Jesus. And, and this this can I guess can be let, let's be careful how we answer this. Okay. Let's be careful how we answer this. Is the death of Jesus, is his crucifixion, is it enough for the believer? Mm. Now, now I know when you hear that, you're like, whoa, 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 Let, let's, let's, we know where we're going I, with this, so I'm going to let Lee I, answer. Can I say yes and no at the same time? <laughs> you, can, you can. I know that's can. a dangerous statement. That, that is dangerous. You're Please right. don't cut us off yet. No, no, let there's us finish. Re- there's a finish. reason there. Um, the death of Jesus is, it is, it, it fulfills, it finishes, it it cancels out all of the sin. It, it is sufficient. It is sufficient. It does everything that it needs to do. The only issue is that if Jesus did lived his lived the perfect life, did everything he needed to do, and then died, that's a really really sad story. Can I, just from a, just from a general just reading it sort of thing there. If you read, you go and you read through the Gospels, and you get to the point, and you read, and then. Jesus breathed out his last and he died mm-hmm. and the gospel just stops right there. Yep. You're going to end that story depressed. You're going to be like, I had so much hope. There was going to be all of these great things. He promised this kingdom that he's talking about and his followers were going after him and there was all these good things that were happening. And then Jesus is, dead. and this is probably how a lot of the, the disciples and a lot of the people that were following Jesus right mm-hmm. after his death, a lot of them we read were running and hiding and going, well, what do we do now? Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't end. But that's, here, here's the, the good part and why I say, is that death 
we we asked the question: Is that enough, or was it the? I forget the exact question there now. Was oh, it was was Jesus' death on the cross enough? Enough. And we just kind of ended and, it there. Kind of open ended a little and bit. And if we end it there, if Jesus just died on the cross, then the answer is no. Mm-hmm. What we need then, because that's not where the story ends. That's right. The story goes three more days, and there's a few activities that happen in those three days there. But guys, Jesus doesn't stay dead. That's right. Jesus comes back to life. And because of his resurrection, which is just Jesus going from being completely, completely dead. Yep. Not like, oh, he was he was just passed out for a little bit and he and he got resuscitated. Like, no, he is completely, completely, utterly dead and going from dead to life, back to life, walking around, talking. He's got holes in his hands where the nails had gone through. He is having conversations with his disciples. He is eating dinner with them. He's mm-hmm. eating breakfast with them. Um, <laughs> he has a little, a little breakfast meal there, some yep, fish yep. on the beach. Yep. Um, and shabby. this is... And this is crucial. Um, we pulled a, uh, or Stephen quickly pulled a passage for us here out of First Corinthians um, in chapter 15, 12 through 19. And I'm going to read it really quick. Yeah, yeah, listen to this. Um, and this is why I'm making such a big deal about the resurrection here. Yeah, and Because Paul makes such a big deal out a of the huge resurrection. One, a huge <laughs> one. I'm, I'm just echoing Paul here yep. um, as I read. So reading in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Mm. And your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that he has raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Wow. And all of those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And this is the this is the big one here's here. The, that a lot here's of, this the kicker is the big one. right if here. Christ, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Man, so so you wonder if I mean that's Paul just letting us know that if if Christ had not ri- had not raised from the dead, then, then our faith is worthless. I mean, this is what he says. Then those who have fallen asleep have have perished. If Christ, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, mm-hmm. then we are of all men most to be pitied. I, I know the first the first question of the Heidelberg Catechism said, "What is our what is our only hope in life and in death?" Mm-hmm. Now that that's the how it puts it. What's our only hope in life and in death? And, and he says right here, if Christ, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, mm-hmm. then then we're to be yeah. pitied. But we have hope in life and in death, and that is, as the Catechism says, that we are not our own. We belong, body and soul, to Jesus Christ, and uh, and so and and, and that kind of and to continue echoing that, I mean that that's essentially saying that if Christ didn't was not raised from the dead, he says that we're to be pitied. Which I mean, let, we'll we'll throw this out here. That means that Camp Nathaniel 
If Christ did not raise from the dead, Camp Nathaniel should be pitied. We are wasting our time if every, there's no resurrection. Every church that has ever existed for the past 2,000 years We're was, taking a, up space. was apparently just wasting <laughs> oxygen and space. And all of those people who died for the faith, they apparently died for nothing. Mm. If mm. Christ didn't ri- raise from the dead. But we, we hold that Christ did raise from the death. Raised from the dead. Raised from, from the, the dead. Um, which means, though, that we're not wasting our time. 2,000 years of churches that are doing this, Camp Nathaniel continuing to do this, we firmly hold that we are not. That's right. Not to be pitied in this. You know, you know, we're kind of we're kind of really close to bringing this to an end, and and even though we could be talking about this for a, such a long time, this it seems it seems like we're kind of cheating to kind of compress this into. 20, 25 minutes or even close to 30, something along those lines. But, but, but here's, here's a few things that we need to keep in mind. You know, we, we, we had pulled up the question, you know, what is Jesus doing now? And that kind of leads into this, um, this kind of breakdown here from these verses. But if the resurrection of the dead is true, which we believe it is, which we, we trust that it is, mm-hmm. then, then there are a few things that we can, we can bank on here. And, and that is that right now, in this present moment, Christ is ruling and reigning on, uh, at, at the, he's at the right hand of the throne of God, interceding before us where he will certainly return and resurrect those who have trusted in him. And that's happening right now. If yeah. you, as you are listening to this, it could be three in the morning right now. Yeah. Christ is reigning. If He's it's reigning. four in the afternoon, Christ is reigning. If he Whatever, had not risen, he would not be on the throne. He would not be on the throne. But That's he right. did, and so he is. And we also know that preaching the gospel, man, brings fruit. We, we can be confident in that. For, for, for the risen Christ is ensuring that his spirit gives life to, to those who hear the word of God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm looking down at my notes. Here gotcha. To, okay. To see right, where just, we're going. Just checking on you, man. Make sure make sure you're all right there. Uh, we know that our faith is fruitful. You know, Paul said, "Look, your faith is futile if there is no resurrection." But we know that there is fruit in our faith. We know that um, the apostles weren't crazy. That yeah. they 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 lived and died for for the cause of the gospel through the through the resurrected Christ. Mm-hmm. And that continues on to the people that die today, even right. for Christ, which happens in a lot of places around our world. Mm-hmm. It is happening to this day. If you did, if you were unaware, there are places where people are dying for Christ at this very moment. And if Christ is not risen, then it is a foolish sacrifice. That that's yeah. kind of hard to say, mm-hmm. hard to hear, and hard to say. But but that's what Paul is saying. If there is no resurrection, if Christ is not raised, then we are of all men most to be pitied. We know that because Christ is risen, that sin is forgiven. Death is defeated. Death is a defeated foe, man. We beat death. Yeah. Well, we didn't. Christ beat Christ it. beat death, but we, we get... We're tied to that. We get the spoils in that, man. I mean, yeah. oh my goodness. And that's the other big part, is that all of these things that are... We, we are now tied to Christ. We put our faith and believe in Christ. We put our faith and belief and all of that into Christ. We're tied to that. Yeah, we which are, means which means like as as he's talking about there, when we die physically, mm-hmm. one day we're gonna do we're gonna be like Christ. That's right, and we're gonna come back. He's gonna bring us back with better bodies <laughs> than <laughs> indeed, we had before. Indeed. Man, this is fantastic, and uh, it's it's just the joy of the resurrection, the joy of the message of the of the finished work of Christ, not just upon the cross, but through his resurrection as well, God resurrecting him and bringing him 
to uh, to a glorified state where he awaits the uh, the homecoming of of his bride, the church, and and we uh, we are excited to get to talk about uh, that day and uh, get to celebrate the fact that we that. serve a risen Savior, man. Yeah. So we just got finished celebrating Easter or Resurrection Sunday mm-hmm. there, and you might think, well, it, I know maybe even some of our listeners, maybe you weren't at church on Easter and Resurrection Sunday, and here's my advice for you. We don't just celebrate that once a year. That's we right. celebrate that every single Sunday. Come on. And so guess what's going to happen next week on Sunday? We're going to be doing it again. That's right, man. That's and right. you are more, more than welcome to come and join and participate as well. So get plugged into a local church. Um, come, hear the message of the gospel. Find, find a church that is, that is faithful to preach the entirety of Scripture and, and to proclaim the, the entirety of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus. And don't just go. Join. Get involved. Absolutely. Get, get plugged in. Get into small groups. Get into helping with everything that's happening in the church. There's a, <laughs> there's there's a, tons, it's hard to just be like, oh, let me list all of the things that happen right, in churches. Right. No, but get involved. Don't just show up on Sunday and be like, oh, that was not. It is not the little weekly pep talk that's supposed to be there. It is something that we are, it is to shape all of us mm-hmm. the entirety of the week, but it is something that also motivates us to get involved in the work ourselves. Well, Lee, I've appreciated the conversation, man. It's uh, this th- these conversations with just me and you go a little bit longer than when we have somebody else they in do. here. So <laughs> we love talking about it, man. We do. We're going to talk about it more in the weeks and months to come as we get uh, continue to get into what we believe as far as camp staff goes. And we're going to be talking to some more of our camp staff um, here in just a few minutes. We're actually going to be talking to uh, Rick and Kathy Franklin about a married couples retreat married coming up here in a couple so weeks. So stick with us. Yes, indeed, guys. Uh, appreciate you joining in. Lee will be uh, back in just a second. We have reached a part of the program now where we are going to highlight another ministry here at Camp Nathaniel. So I've got Stephen here with me. Yep, yep. And then here. we have a couple of other people across the table. We, we have, do, man. It's it's always good to have good discussion, you know? All it's, the extra people. It helps us, well. It helps us stay on track because it we'll, does help we'll, us. we'll chase some rabbits from time to time. Which but. you probably just heard us do. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, uh, we've got in uh, two... Two uh, members of our mission family here who have, uh, and I'm going to let them, they may even tell a little bit about how long they've been here. Who knows? Well, we may highlight that later, but right now we're talking about events. But uh, we're here yes. with Rick and Kathy Franklin. How's it Hello. going, guys? Hello. Good. Nice to be here. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And we are talking today about the Married Couples Retreat. Oh, yes. Now, now I, I did say that maybe they'll talk a little bit about how long they've been here because I, can't th- I think that plays into the Married Couples Retreat, actually, because you guys were actually the ones who started this ministry here at camp, correct? That no, is not correct. That is not correct. See, it this was... is what happens when we don't do our research. <laughs> See, I thought that was the case, man. No. Uh, okay, no. tell me where I'm wrong. Where, where's the story? <laughs> What's the tale? It had been started by Roy Hodson, I want to say back in Early 91, 90s. 92, because last year was our 31st yeah. uh, couples retreat, married couples retreat. So Roy We've Hodson only been started. Here for 26 years, right? Yeah, 27 this May, I think. But Could be. Yeah, it's it's been over a quarter of a century. Wow. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, we're the dinosaurs in the mission. <laughs> no, man, no. 
But uh, <laughs> listen, I, I've uh, my wife and I have always benefited from the married couples retreat, and now we're we're just continuing to seeing that ministry grow. So uh, so Lee, where where are we headed on our discussion? And, and, I, and I'm sorry, guys, for giving you the credit for that. But uh, <laughs> no, we'll take okay. credit for that. Though. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there are parts to this podcast like, where I'm like, maybe I should stop and we should re-edit. But no, no, yeah, just no, let no, it go, no. Cameron. Just let it be there. Just let it go, Cameron. <laughs> All right, so I'll go on and ask here, the Married Couples Retreat, we've mm-hmm. got that coming up pretty soon, mm-hmm. and we've already talked about the long, it's got a little bit of track record there and mm-hmm. whatnot. Why do we have the Married Couples Retreat? Like, what's the what's the heart behind it? What's the the reason for this ministry here? Well, I think in our culture today, marriages struggle. I think all marriages do. Mm-hmm. First of all, we're human, and uh, as Christians, we understand that that means we're Sinners, we're broken, and we think marriage about is hard work. Marriage That's is right. hard work, so we think about ourselves first, not necessarily our spouses. And so, I mean, so we need help. We mm-hmm. need reminders. We need healing sometimes. And there's not a lot of resources here in southeastern Kentucky, and so we want to help couples do better. Gotcha. You know? So, yeah. So we've got the event coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, who are we? Who's the main people invited to this event? Is this just for those young couples? Is it for the older couples? Is it for everybody with kids, somebody in between? Where's the... The whole range. The whole range. I think everyone, every couple can benefit. We have, there's two couples that have been coming for five or six years in a row now uh, that love coming. And uh, we have young couples that have been coming lately and we're mm-hmm. excited about that. And we want to see um, couples of all ages come. I mean, I, the, the speakers have really been good. Um, and they usually talk about things that apply to all of us mm-hmm. in marriage. Not just the people that are, are struggling in marriage. It can no. be, your marriage is good, but can it be better? And yep. The answer is always There's yes. always room for improvement <laughs> in any marriage. And so if somebody's interested in coming to this event, like what are the, I guess, what would they expect when they show up and they say, hey, I want to come to the, uh, you know, some of those things that sounds nice, or, oh, maybe my marriage is struggling a little bit, or maybe my marriage mm-hmm. could improve. And like, what? If I show up to this event, what's it going to be like? What's it going to look like? Let me tell you, there's a lot of good eating. That's it's, guaranteed. You know what? <laughs> that you know what? That, that's like that's like the default of camp events. You realize that? It is the absolute default. If, if there's not good eating, something is horribly wrong. That's Maybe you right. skipped out in the meals, or you you said you came but you didn't come. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No one leaves the couple of treat no, hungry. We are no. snacking all the time. But also at the same time, I don't think anyone leaves spiritually hungry other than a hunger to have a better marriage. Yeah. Right. You know? To be and less self to be less selfish. Right. Selfless. To be more other centered, especially with regards to your spouse. Yeah. And that's always been the challenge and, and behind everything is the power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, to change us inwardly from being totally self centered people to being other centered people but also to restoring our relationship with God. And when that happens, there's always hope for making a marriage better. Now, we know that there's a lot going to be going on over the course. I mean, we're, you're here for one night, mm-hmm. but, but there's a lot happening in one night. You know, obviously we're learning from the Word, but what, what else can they uh, expect to experience? You know, weather permitting in some cases. Right. And, uh, and, and even, even this year, you know, we, we may be getting breakfast in, bre- in bed. Is that yes, right? Yes, we are. Nice. Breakfast in bed. Right. You make your menu the night before, and we come to your room with your omelet fit to order. 
And you don't even have to be dressed. You can still be in your PJs. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) That's awesome. And you don't have to eat in your bed, but we serve it to you. We call it breakfast in bed because we bring it to your cabin. Absolutely. And and we've got a a couple of activities they can sign up for. Is that correct? We have horseback riding in the afternoon and or. um, Not and. They kind of have to choose. Well, that's true. I'm sorry. You are One or the other. Thanks for reminding me. Or canvas painting. Painting. Is that what we call it? Yes. Yes. With Grace Henderson, who is an excellent painter. And. you can do it as a couple. You can do it individually. But you can also opt to go on hikes. You yep. can play mm-hmm. cornhole. You can play all sorts of things that camp has to offer. So or you fun. can even take a nap. Yep. Or you can talk about. Some of us with a lot of kids. You need that. <laughs> Sign me up for a nap, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up for a nap. We'll have to put that in registration for <laughs> well, That's not one we've actually had, yeah. but we could put nap in a little box next That's to right. it. <laughs> so you feel like you have permission to take a nap. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. So, and then there's always time to talk. There's usually, a, there's always a break in the morning and we encourage couples to talk. Um, we encourage couples to sit with other couples and talk, but also just to have some time alone. So like next year's special thing would be a picnic lunch. Instead mm-hmm. of breakfast. Instead of breakfast. And then we always conclude the weekend with a very fancy candlelit <laughs> dinner, dress up kind of event. It's so that's good, always yeah. fun. And, yeah. and, I, and I love, one of the aspects that I love about the married couples retreat in particular is this is one of the, one of the areas of camp ministry where we get to see a lot of intergenerational ministry taking place. Uh, and, and I don't know how much that happens with, with other couples individually, but one of the things that I love doing is sitting down uh, with, with an older couple who have been through the seasons of life that, that me and my wife have been and, and learning from the wisdom that they have to be able to pour into us. And so those type of opportunities are available as well. I mean, but that, I mean, that's us taking the initiative to make those relationships happen, of course. But, but it's a great aspect of that ministry that a lot of times we don't think about. So, yep. And this year we have uh, Josh Haywood being our speaker. That's right. And I'm so excited to hear from him. He's an all time camper from way back. So it's going to be fun to sit under his teaching. Josh Haywood at Harlan First, yes. First Baptist Church in mm-hmm. uh, downtown wonderful, Harlan there. And wonderful so, wonderful family. Oh, yeah. Hey, I think all his excited. siblings were like, Nine ten year campers, I think, and workers. In all the of them were summer staff workers, and uh, yeah, we're. I'm excited about. Kathy's it. right. We are excited to have Josh here. There might be a few dramas too. Wait, wait. No, there's going to be some drama. Some dramas. Well, they'll well, be. Yeah. That would be. That's just <laughs> normally happens between you yeah, and me. Yeah, that's true. We don't have to act. We just uh, oh, replay our We will our be performing fights. some dramas. Performing dramas. <laughs> yeah. Not not having we dramas. We will be performing <laughs> dramas. Let's, let's make but sure we draw that realistic. line. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, hey, they are. They are. That's what. That's one thing that Ashley has always said that she loves the dramas because of how close to home they hit. You know, they, they really do. Truly has yeah, they, some you, kind you, of a lesson. You, you, you have a line that you say to people. And they say, those dramas, you do them like... Like it's natural. Really well, real. it is natural. <laughs> <laughs> We're just replaying some of our fights in front of everybody else. It's kind of shameful. <laughs> I always heard somebody say, it's like, how do you come up with material? You, you don't have to make it up. You just write it down when it happens. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of these lines are like that. I said, well, man, this is too close to home. <laughs> There's a line that I usually repeat actually when I do come home, especially when I've gone for a while, like, Hello, my queen. I'm home. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> he never says that, by the way, in real life. Oh, yeah. That's okay, not true to life. Well, I, I say it, but I'm. it's tongue-in-cheek because <laughs> I'm saying a line from a drama. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and what's your line? I said it. It's about oh, time. time. <laughs> <laughs> so the dramas might help you work through your drama. Yeah, that, that's you the have, point. You have no you idea go. how true that statement is. Well, you know what? Well, that's why they're not called skits. They're drama because they're a, it's it's to a drama 
personification of a, of real life situations that are yep. to teach. Mm-hmm. Skits are just humorous, but mm-hmm. these are both. Well, these are humorous, but they. You know, I find <laughs> when I laugh at something, it's easier for me to see something inside myself that I don't want to see. It's good. That's good. Right. Mm. Absolutely. And I go, oh, Ooh, that, ouch. ouch! I need to work on that because yeah. I see too much of myself in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. All Very right. good. So this sounds. This is obviously going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of people here. Um, when is this event happening? April 28th and 29th. It's always, well, not always. It's usually been the last full weekend in April, and that is the April 28th or 29th. Uh, registration starts at 5, but you can come anywhere between 5 and 7. Our first activity starts at 7 o'clock. Supper starts at 6. It's a buffet. So, yeah, we'd love to see as many couples here as possible. Our, our rooms are filling up fast just mm-hmm. because we've lost some cabins due to the flood. So, um yeah, don't delay but in signing people up. people can co- commute. Oh, they certainly can. Okay. All right. And so how can couples get registered for this? Where do they Where do they go to get all the info? They go to our website, campnathaniel.org, and then there's slash, slash married couples retreat. Married couples retreat. But it's one of those things in the top, that the drop-down menu. You can, you can go to the Adult and Family Ministries tab, and then as soon as you drop down, it'll say married couples retreat. You sign up, and then you're uh, you're good to go. And as Kathy was saying earlier, you know, if, if, if housing is all booked up, if you live local, then, then you can commute. You can come back and forth to the sessions and, and get involved in everything. Or if you've got friends in the area and you can convince them to give you one of their spare rooms, it's, it's, worth, the, it's worth the time. Anybody listening want to run an Airbnb, here's an opportunity for the weekend. <laughs> Lee has some spare rooms in your big house. I got a few spots there. <laughs> Look at that, man. Contact Lee if housing's all booked up. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Well, guys, hey, listen, we really appreciate you all sitting in with us here for just a brief moment to let us know what's going on as far as married couples retreat and how people can get involved. Our pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you. And thank you, I think everybody, all the listeners have been jumping in with us at the Voice of Camp Nathaniel. We really appreciate you all. Um, If you can, share the episodes with friends, let them know, get the info out. That's right. And we'll be back next month with a whole new episode.